0: So today we are doing a movie review, as we promised beforehand, we are kind of redirecting the podcast into a more uh, movie review format. However, we are going to have our occasional other talkings about uh, entertainment variety as the show is, but we watch so many movies and we love them. We talk about them enough already. So we just kind of want to transition to something where you can decide whether you want to watch a movie based off of our review, or if you've seen it already. You can see if you agree or disagree with our objectively correct thoughts on each one that we watch. So we'll be doing this uh, each week, one movie weekly, and it's going to be a movie that we both have not seen to make things fair and to keep the discussion interesting. Anything you want to add to that before we start of dive in to what we're uh, doing today? No, I
1: think you've summarized it well. I'm excited about this uh, new format and I'm ready to, to talk about the 2010 version of True Grit.
0: Yes, so True Grit, this one stars uh, Haley Steinfeld, it stars Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon. So obviously, uh, it might be a draw for the cast alone. It did come out in 2010, and another draw is from directors Eaton and Joel Cohen. Um, So they directed Fargo, Burn After Reading, A Serious Man, and quite a few other very popular films uh, over the course of the last 30 years or so. You might remember Raising Arizona with Nicolas Cage as well. But uh, this one came in uh, 2010, like my dad said. And it's actually the second adaptation of the novel in movie form. Uh, the first one was actually a year after the novel was released. Um, so the book came out in 1968. The first True Grit came out in 1969. And then, of course, this one came out only, what, 12 years ago now? So um,
1: so Noah, have you seen the original with John Wayne?
0: You know, surprisingly, uh, and what I'm about to say next, is it's going to sound crazy, but I haven't, even though I love Western films. This is such a great genre for me. I mean, I love all Clint Eastwoods for a few dollars more, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, A Fistful of Dollars, all that kind of stuff. I love, I mean, even newer ones, like 90s Wild Wild West, like Tombstone, Unforgiven, and even some of the newer stuff like Wind River, No Country for Old Men, and Bone Tomahawk. So there's quite a few Western movies that I've seen. Let's not forget Shane. I think that was the first Western movie I ever saw. Um, Yeah, I love them, but I will admit I had not seen the first adaptation because I think this one was on my mind since it's more within my lifetime, I could say. Have you -hmm. seen the first one?
1: I believe I have seen the first one. It's been a lot of years since I've seen the first one. But when I heard that True Grit 1 was being remade, I thought, okay, it's it's probably a time to to remake that film. It was made in 1969, as you suggest, and I was one year old at that point in time. Um, and, um, but I had forgotten the the premise of the film. So knowing that you like Westerns, I think it's very fitting that we are beginning this redirection of the podcast with a Western. It's Mm. always interested me that you're such a fan of Westerns because honestly, I am not doesn't mean that, you know, just because you are, I have to be, or because I'm not, you wouldn't be, but I just, I like the fact that you are really drawn to a genre that I am not. Um, Because I think it makes for an interesting conversation, which I hope we're going to have in the next 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's something so cool about that six-gun scribe or six-shooter scribe and the whole high noon shootouts. There's just a lot of creative ways to go with essentially very similar concepts that happen over and over and over again in this genre. And I think that's actually one of the reasons why it sort of died out I want to say in the 80s and onward and then there's been sporadic movies here and there to varying degrees of success but uh, we can't forget that westerns specifically spaghetti westerns which were usually Italian-directed or at least uh, shot in Italy, were some of the first really popular viable cinematic movies to come out of um, the 60s, I mean, even the 50s as well. And then it sort of transitioned into more of what we've gotten today. I think Star Wars took hold in 1977, which was a space Western and was actually inspired by, I believe, Seven Samurai, which came out in the 50s. But George Lucas actually was incredibly inspired by the Western genre and the Jedi, Mm -hmm. the Jedi Knights, Uh, lightsabers all of that is inspired by a mixture of elements that came from this genre and the movie we're going to be talking about today so um, pretty cool stuff we're talking about true grit so let's go into our high level thoughts Uh, no spoilers here before we get into spoiler territory and we will warn you but um, I gotta say that I had Somewhat high expectations for this film. I wouldn't say that I was anticipating it greatly, but I'd heard very good things. Um, I think it scored very, very well on Rotten Tomatoes and had nearly universal acclaim. I gotta say, I thought it was pretty slow. I was a little bit disappointed in it, despite um, how well I thought some of the directorial efforts were and um, Haley Steinfeld's performance was incredible for her age. It really was. Um, I thought there's a lot of elements of this movie that, were well made, definitely, but I found it to be kind of boring. And it wasn't as attention grabbing as I would have thought. And that might be my fault as a viewer. But generally speaking, I can sit through almost any movie without checking the clock or looking at my phone. And around, I want to say the 70% mark, I just, you know, I I, I don't know, I, I felt like I, it wasn't doing it for me. It's not a bad movie per se, by any means. There's a lot of great stuff here, but I wouldn't say I rate it among the greats. What about you? Okay,
1: so I have to say that the, for I, because I was not really terribly excited about watching True Grit, largely because it's a Western, but was excited because we would be discussing it. I would not have watched this film if we had not been discussing it here on the pod. Um, I thought the first 30 minutes, were pretty terrific. Mm-hmm. And I thought Haley Steinfeld was amazing. Oh I mean, yeah. I kept thinking, who who is she? And you had commented last week, I think maybe on the pod, that she's still very popular. And I guess she's from a Disney Channel show. I don't know. I've she, heard of her.
0: She's from the Pitch Perfect franchise. And she was also in Bumblebee, oh. which was the most well received oh. Transformers movie, but yeah. at least well received box office wise. She also has a couple songs with a billion streams. She's actually okay. a pretty talented musical artist as well.
1: Well, I would say that because of her performance, this film is is worth watching. And she was fourteen. She really was. She not only played a fourteen year old, but she really was fourteen years old at the time of the film. And it was so compelling that I thought, okay, this is going to be worth watching. The entire film just to see what happens. She she is very convincing. There's great conviction. One of the things I loved about the dialogue in the film is that they do not use contractions, so every word is enunciated, and it just and she in particular was so convincing. And maybe it's because you don't expect a 14 year old to be convincing, Mm -hmm. but I mean when you think about holding her own and then some against Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon and Josh Brolin that's pretty impressive. So I thought the first half hour of this film really drew me in and I thought, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm in for it. Um, how many, before I continue, how many uh, sittings did you watch this in just one, like most normal people?
0: Yeah. I usually watch all my movies in one sitting and this was no
1: different. I watched it in at least five and, uh, because that's (laughs) how Greg watches films. And, um, I got less and less interested by the, by the sitting, um, to your point about it being not very exciting i i don't disagree with that in fact there were times i like you I, I would check my watch i would check to see how much longer the film was i thought it was it was it was a bit aimless at times i thought okay where are we going with this right. um, yes. and whenever she was not the the sort of featured performer when it got to heavy on jeff bridges um as rooster cogburn Um, I just thought it really went wayward
0: and less interesting. I can agree with what you're saying. And this is one of those, I don't know if this is the right word for it, asynchronous or idiosyncratic movies where it's just like it, there's no clearly defined, uh, first, second, and third act per se. You don't, you know, usually it's like, it's a tale of revenge, right? You know, that the tragedy happens in the beginning And then uh, they start prepping in the first act. And then the second act, they're taking the journey. And then, you know, they encounter a couple obstacles along the way. And then finally, in the third act, you know, they encounter this killer for the first and last time, perhaps, and then take the revenge. I felt like uh, these directors, Eden and Joel Cohen, a lot of their movies are kind of like this. They're structured in this weird way that sometimes really resonates with me and sometimes doesn't. I watched Fight Club again last night with uh, Grace and I feel like that really works for that film, but sometimes it just kind of completely misses me. But mm-hmm. I do want to say the performances are very good. Obviously Haley Steinfeld is the reason to watch this movie and Jeff no Bridges to
1: watch this movie
0: and Jeff Bridges reliably plays his bumbling sort of drunk cowboy that he's been in so, so many movies, but um Josh Berlin at the end was quite good too. You know, it's great performances. And then of course, Matt Damon's Labeef is sparsely uh, put in this movie, but he's good when he's there. I just, like you said, it's a bit aimless. It's meandering. And that could work in the style um, of many Westerns, of course, because when you think about being in the desert and just being an outlaw, being on the outskirts of civilization, going from town to town, that might work. But maybe this is just the part of my generation but i didn't feel like there was enough happening really mm-hmm. in between the movie
1: and, and that's so not to say i did yeah so, so often i didn't know what was happening because there wasn't much happening so the answer is nothing um it was just a lot of talking and and, and honestly mm-hmm. tom tom chaney well i i want to be careful not to go into our spoiler area right now but but josh brolin is not in it very much for no. him to be the
0: goal of the film right he i completely, completely yeah i completely agree they really led up to this whatever it was and you briefly got a glimpse of him for a bit and then he kind of got cut loose out of their hands uh, and escaped and then you finally really meet him for the first time and it's not the sucker punch you think it's going to be no. it kind of just flops a little bit that final mm-hmm. encounter but um let's go into uh spoiler territory now okay. so overall i would say Um, It's worth watching if you're a genre fan. If you're not really into Westerns, not much about Jeff Bridges or so, uh, and Josh Brolin, you don't really need to see it. But otherwise, you know, it's a solidly crafted film that's not horrible or sloppy by any means. It's just not for everyone. And I would say that I sort of fall in um, the mediocre range on this one. Where are you at?
1: Yeah, I would, I would, say i would agree on this there were there were parts that i thought were you know the voiceovers at the very beginning and the very end i'm a bit of a sucker for those i kind of like those Oh um, wow. and and i thought you know of course that sort of set the tone in the beginning with the voiceover of i, I guess it was haley stein uh, steinfeld mm-hmm. who did the voiceover in the beginning but i was you know when, when when she was speaking and she conveyed essentially without using the words true grit, although someone in the film does say you've got true grit, but I really, I thought, okay, she's, she is out for revenge and your mom will look at me when I say this, but I love movies about revenge. Well, they're interesting, right?
0: You know, I mean, she's
1: cringing right now, but it's true. I, they're interesting and I don't wrong me because I don't want people to be wronged, right? You know, I just think that's wrong.
0: (laughs) No, 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 of course. And um, there's an old saying, of course, it's if you seek revenge, first uh, dig two graves, I think is what it is. Um, And I think that's like a really good thing to remember when you go into some movies like this, even though perhaps the protagonist always ends up on top with little to no uh, casualties or consequences. And I would say for the most part, the payoff with this movie It was the same deal. So let's move right into spoiler territory. Spoilers here. If you have not seen the film then and you want to, go watch it. If you haven't seen the film or you have and uh, you just want to listen to spoilers, here they are. So I think, much like you said, the first uh, part of this film and the ending of this film were pretty strong. I really enjoyed those parts the most. Of course, the meat, I guess you could say, part of the movie sandwich was less interesting and I'm a sucker for great endings as probably many people are. And I thought it really set the tone really well. The voiceover was very good. It sort of, it was, um, pseudo biblical religious, right? I think she was quoting some scripture or some teaching from a sermon. And I felt like that sort of adds this emotional gut punch, this weight to it that shows how young she is, but also how much this death in her family has affected her. Um, So, I mean, the plot synopsis of this is uh, Josh Brolin's character um, ends up killing Haley Steinfeld's father, and she goes out and seeks revenge. She still has her mother and I believe her uh, sister, but she is very much uh, an independent type and uh, very, very intelligent. I thought one of the best scenes in the movie was when she was bargaining with that uh, banker or horse
1: trader. Oh, 100%. And I thought, oh, we're going to get more of this. And sadly, we didn't.
0: You know, exactly, and I felt like that was sort of her tour de force where you really recognize that she is going to be the absolute star of this, and to her credit, she was excellent throughout the entire film, but I wish there was more of that quippy dialogue, you know, Uh I thought the script was pretty good altogether, but I don't think words alone can keep a movie afloat, and I feel like that's what was kind of happening here, I don't think you need action all the time, not nearly. But I felt like the action and there was, I mean, there were quite a couple, uh, quite a few scenes of that wasn't really meshing very well with what was happening on screen and in between. Um, There were some scenes I felt like could have been cut entirely. Um, Well, I
1: will say one scene that I loved and I felt like the movie started to to unravel after this scene uh, when she demonstrated her tenacity and she's riding the horse and the horse gets to the, the river. And she just <laughs> rides that horse through the river to get to the other side. And I thought, okay, that's true grit right there. And I think maybe that was the point at which uh, Rooster Cogburn or um, Matt Damon's character, Labeef said, you've got true grit. I thought, wow, this is, I'm, I'm convinced here that she is really out to avenge her dad's uh, death. Um, I also thought the other thing about the film that I loved was the fact that the music is um, largely leaning on uh, The Everlasting Arms, mm-hmm. which is a, a hymn. Um, and so immediately I picked up on it and I thought, okay, so the religious overtones that you referenced are very much there. And there's a reminder of them throughout the film that I thought made it far more interesting and powerful than it would have been otherwise. So I thought that was a great choice. Well, the closing song was uh, that, correct? Uh, yes, very but, but, the, but it was, yes. But the entire... Um, uh, score was really a, uh, a derivation of um, leaning on the everlasting arms right I picked right, up right. on it immediately and really liked that
0: yeah so I thought and I feel like that's kind of a recurring theme with uh, the time period at least uh, yeah you know it, a lawless land uh, especially in early America of course you know there's pockets of towns in this giant vast uh, you know wild wild west and of course, you know, uh, religious uh, upbringing and of course, uh, you know, all of that was a, a massive part of uh, that culture and society uh, back then. And so I thought that was interesting how they added that. But um, I will say that some parts, some parts just really didn't click for me. I, I felt like when they were waiting on what they assumed to be Labeef, um, who's Matt Damon's character, mm-hmm. and then the guy with the bearskin comes up and talks to them for a while you know, that was just one of those things where it's just like, why did that happen? Why did, why did you even film that scene?
1: Uh, That was the part of the film, the section of the film that just dragged
0: for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like there's some parts that were set up to be a little bit more harrowing. So when they saw that man hanging way high up in the tree and she goes and cuts him down and then um, uh, the native American comes over and he just, asks for the body, I guess, for a trade Mm -hmm. or something like that. And then that's done. I Mm -hmm. I thought there was going to be more of a consequence or there was going to be more of an outcome to that. But I felt like the only things of note were really the setup in the beginning when uh, they finally happened upon, uh, I want to say the gang or, you know, the people that they were going after and then let them sort of slip through uh, their hands. And then finally... The very end, I thought those were the most affecting parts. So, overall, true grit has that sort of feeling. I, I like how they pushed the PG 13 rating at certain moments. I forgot if it was R or PG 13. I like how they were able to work with that and really make it feel like it was a dangerous, you know, uh, wild west world. But at the same time, I feel like it could have been more. And I've seen directors do better with this so I'm kind of surprised Mm -hmm. with the pedigree of the actors and the directors it just either I didn't even have expectations for it I had some anticipation but it just didn't pan out the way I expected it to or honestly enjoyed uh as it happened so
1: what did you think of the one of the final scenes where she's she falls in the the pit or the the cave and the snakes come out um and she gets bit by the snake. That's and just, then, of course, it leads to the longest horseback ride, you know, to save her life um, imaginable. I, I I thought that was way too long. I did mm-hmm. think the, the scene in the cave sort of came out of nowhere, was highly necessary because it was almost the most interesting part of the second half of the film leading up to the very conclusion. Um, but it just seemed a little... I don't know, anticlimactic.
0: It was just such a movie trope, you know? So she finally, she finally gets the guy, of course. And then she's 14 years old. So a rifle is going to blast her right into the cave. She falls over and then it just seems there had to be that movie moment where all those rattlesnakes come out, you know, and then she gets bit and then it seems like that's going to be a bigger problem but it's resolved almost instantaneously.
1: Well, it did. Right. It did. Th- it did. To me, it was, okay, here come all these snakes, but really only one bit her. And she was almost shooing them away. I don't know. It just seemed. Well, she grabbed one. In- very incredible. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of snakes. So the whole thing made me very uncomfortable, but it just was, I don't know. It just anticlimactic sure
0: and i felt like uh jeff bridge's character um and was it rooster cogburn mm-hmm. his name, and then uh which is a whole yeah.
1: separate film by the way
0: right and then uh labeef matt damon's character they sort of had this um rivalry that they were setting up like they didn't like each other but they didn't really need to do that because they didn't act they didn't interact way too much but there was a scene where Uh, Jeff Bridges character was just drunk and he was on horseback and he was just proving how he's like you know the best hand in the west he can shoot a glass bottle from a mile away or something like that and um, they're kind of you know trying to compete with one another I just didn't feel like that needed to even be a part of the movie because it didn't come to anything you never felt like they were at odds with one another or they were really battling against each other it just seemed kind of like I don't know, regular Tom Fullery that just didn't need to happen and didn't meaningfully expand itself into a it great felt like filler movie.
1: to me. It was just filling time.
0: Right. And that was the main issue of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of it felt I would like, agree. a lot of it felt like filler. And I can admit that some westerns aren't always going to be the most interesting, fascinating, action-packed movies of all time, but more needed to happen here. And perhaps once Like I said, once again, it's a product of me being Gen Z and needing a lot to happen on screen sometimes, but I feel like I'm a pretty disciplined moviegoer and I will watch slow things or very fast paced things and I can enjoy things for what they are. For True Grit, I would just say I was disappointed and I don't think it warrants a rewatch by any means. Um, I was very, very impressed with the way the ending was handled, that time jump. Um, and then of course the beginning, Haley Steinfeld is the best part of this movie, but just didn't do it for me. Uh, what are your final thoughts?
1: I, I hate to say it. Oh, I don't hate to say it, but I, I agree completely. The reason I, I I approached that that way is, um, I I feel like often we feel similarly about a film. I, I just felt like this was, um, I wanted it to be better than I thought it was going to be in the first half hour. I was convinced it was going to be better than it was in the last 10 minutes. I thought, Oh, okay. But if not for Haley Steinfeld, it, there would have been no reason for me to keep going on this film. She was frankly quite a revelation and I would watch her in other films. I don't know that I've seen her in anything else, but, but overall, I was also disappointed. This film got a 95% mm-hmm. um, uh, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. And when I mentioned to Luke that we were doing this, he asked me which version, the original or mm-hmm. the remake. And when I told him the remake, he said, oh, and I said, no, 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 don't, don't tell me. Cause you know, I don't want anyone to color my opinion of films because I want to be able to formulate my own opinion. Not that I can't formulate my own opinion if somebody gives me information in advance, but I just like to go into it fresh. And so he implied, that he prefers the first one over the remake. I don't know if that's the case, but that was certainly the implication. So I can go to him now and and ask him. And I don't remember, again, the original well enough to be able to compare the two. But I would say um, this is not a 95% film for me. In fact, on my scale of one to five Zs, I'm going to give True Grit from 2010 two Zs. What about you,
0: Noah? Um, If I'm being honest, I would probably just, I would give it one and a half Cs. I was just bored. And I think that's just, I think that's the biggest crime. I thought for sure you were going
1: to go two and a half or three.
0: Yeah. You know, I hold Westerns to a high standard. And because this was so universally loved, I mean, it even got nominated for 10 Academy Awards. It won none, by the way, even though um, Haley Steinfeld should have won Best Supporting Actress. Um, It just, it didn't land for me. And I think I'm okay in admitting that. I don't think it's a terrible film. I just don't really think it's worth watching, so it's yeah, especially with such uh incredible people behind it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was made for thirty eight million dollars and made uh, two hundred fifty million plus at the box office. so it was critically praised and it uh, was commercially
1: successful. yeah,
0: it was a financial success, but you know, it just might be one of those movies where This one, we just kind of go against the grain. We just didn't get it. But um, yeah, so that is our official review on True Grit. Next week, we will be moving into Tick, Tick, Boom, starring Andrew Garfield. And who else?
1: I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. You have.
0: I'll let you know. I'm going to start it tonight. Oh, I haven't watched Tick, Tick, Boom yet. Oh, I thought you said yesterday that you had. Okay, good. No, I I will be watching it uh, tomorrow. Big
1: fan of Andrew Garfield, though. Um, Musical, I think, so... Uh, I have to work on that, but your mom's excited about this.
0: So well, well see. you know, it's funny because you and I are so hot and cold on musicals, but some of our favorite movies are musicals. I mean, Singing in the Rain for me, you really Hands love it. Hands down, and for me too, yeah. Um, the Greatest Showman. Uh, the Greatest Showman is good. Um, I love La La Land. You do not. Um, I do not. But I digress. So this one is directed by Hamilton's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and it stars Andrew Garfield, Alexandra Shipp, Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical. Oh yeah, from High School Musical fame, and Robin De Jesus. So um, it's received pretty uh, pretty good critical reviews. Isn't he, what is he? He's up for Best Actor, I think, for this. Hey, good for him. You know, he's yeah. really. Uh, we can talk about this more next week, but yeah, Andrew that's Garfield's next Coming question. back in a big, in a really big way. So I'm excited hey, to fam. see where this goes. Me All too. Right, cool. So uh, let's go into our check it out section. Um, okay. I can go first for this one. So. Wait. I love Western movies. I've said it a million times, and I'll say it again. And I think Jeff Bridges is an amazing actor, and he's really cut his teeth with this genre. So I want to recommend something that uh, some people may not have seen. Uh, So he is in a movie called Bone Tomahawk. I would wanted to watch it for years, and I finally got around to it about a year ago or so. And it is a really, really good movie. Now, this one is not for the faint of hearts, Um, it is definitely R-rated, and it has a lot of um, very gripping scenes, but also a lot of uh, dark themes as well, so go in with it with that in mind, but he's excellent, excellent in this film, and um, there's also a couple other uh, surprises along the way and some other very good actors that you may recognize from um, similar roles and similar movies. But I would definitely recommend Bone Tomahawk. Uh, It came out almost a decade ago, I believe 2013 or 2014. But it's definitely worth a watch.
1: Good. Maybe I'll I'll watch it at some point.
0: The problem is now I'm only
1: watching films that you and I have not seen. So Uh, You can um, watch more in your free time. Uh, That will just take you 10 settings instead. uh, At least. At least. (laughs) Okay. My Check It Out is not a TV show and is not a film. It is a musical artist and it's actually um, just music in general. So as you well know, your mom and I went to a concert this weekend. Um, Jeremy Camp, who is a contemporary Christian artist and has long been my favorite contemporary Christian artist was playing within a drivable distance from here. So uh, we went to see him and I have to tell you, I'm not a big fan of concerts. And um, so I have expectations that are seldom met with anything and I'm not kidding, this really exceeded my expectations. There were some performances, some songs that he did that were just amazing. Um, it's really exciting when you see someone live who is a real showman and and in addition to being um, you know a spiritual leader and a, and a devout Christian, he is really a great showman. so um I would just say. Even if contemporary Christian music is not your thing, check out Jeremy Camp, maybe download a song or just stream it on Spotify or, or Apple music or, or whatever your streaming sources and, and see if you, uh, you know, can, uh, appreciate some of the really good messages in this music. So Jeremy Camp is my, check it out.
0: Hmm. Did you say download a song? Maybe you are from the 1800s.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they were downloading music in the 1800s. Uh, you know, I, know what I mean? You know,
0: yeah, I know. I know. But um, yeah, Fair I was enough. about to say, uh, all things considered, uh, I know you had a lot of positive things to say about uh, his performance. And it takes a lot to get you out to a live. Concert. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it must have been something really special there. Uh, hey,
1: here's the thing. Here's the thing. Your mom and I set out for 2022 to do some things that we don't typically do. So this was one of them.
0: Thank you so much for listening to uh, a new direction of the podcast. We're obviously going to tighten things up as things keep moving along, but we just sort of wanted to do a little bit of a test run on uh, this movie and hopefully you've enjoyed it. But next week uh, we are definitely doing tick, tick, boom, and you will get our full thoughts and the same format. So uh, stick with us. But until then I'm Noah. And I'm Greg. And this is easy talk.